Today's gospel certainly gives us a lot to think about, huh? We're in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. And today we have a lot of these hard truths that Jesus teaches. He takes the old law, the Ten Commandments, and he ratchets them up. He says, they said don't kill, but I'm telling you, if you're angry, you can't even be angry with your brother. He says, do not commit adultery. But then Jesus says, but lust, even if you don't commit that sin of adultery, is still a sin. The old law permitted divorce. Jesus says, no, once you're married, you're married. All of these things, he's taking the old law and he's intensifying it. And he's, it seems like he's making it harder. But why is he doing that? Why is he setting the bar so very high? So high that it seems unattainable. Well, first off, it's not unattainable. Because Jesus left us the tools we need. He left us the sacraments of reconciliation so that when we stumble, we can come back to him. We can ask that forgiveness. We can be healed. And he left us the sacrament of the Eucharist so that every time we receive it, we grow closer to him. We literally grow closer to him. You know, most food... When we eat it, that food becomes a part of us. So it stops being food and starts becoming us. The Eucharist is different because when we eat that food, it is more powerful than us because it is God. And so it turns us, it, it makes Christ live within us, literally living within us. But that still doesn't get rid of the fact that Jesus has laid down a very hard challenge today for us to meet. But he's set this law before us so that we can begin living in the kingdom of God now. Because that is how it's going to be in heaven. St. Paul tells us about heaven today. He tells us, hang on, let me quote. He says it a whole lot better than I would ever remember it. He says, what eye has not seen and ear has not heard and what has not entered the human heart, what God has prepared for those who love him. I recently started reading this book by a fellow named the Venerable Lewis of Granada. It's like 500 years old because, you know, old books are fun, right? And it's called The Sinner's Guide, so it seemed appropriate for me to read. He was trying to explain how much greater God is than anything we have experienced. And one of the analogies he used was with our eyes in the sun. If we look into the sky, the sun is the biggest and brightest and best and most attractive thing. I mean, if you look at what a baby wants to see, it's always they point towards the light. Normally when I'm around, that's like my dome up here. But when we're outside, it's the sun. Even when we grow up, we still, we love sunny days because we can see that great light in the sky that brings warmth and light and life. But we can't look straight at it. It's the thing we want to see the most, but if we look at it, it destroys our eyes. And so he said that God is like the sun but with everything. If we truly comprehended it, it would not be something we can handle. It would, I don't know what exactly it would do, but we wouldn't be able to deal with it. 
the joy of heaven is going to be like that. The wonder and the awe we'll experience in heaven is going to be like that. I remember before I went to the seminary, I went on a pilgrimage to Rome and some other towns in Italy. And I remember the very first time I walked into St. Peter's Basilica. It was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. I walked, into the, I walked in there and I just had to stop and take it in. I don't know if you've ever had a moment like that where you're literally stopped by the beauty of a place. And you have to stand there and look like a doofus staring at the ceiling and wonder. Amazed. I remember that feeling. And that's like a drop in the water compared to the joy and the wonder and the amazement that we'll be constantly experiencing in heaven. And so that is what we have to look forward to that St. Paul is talking about. This incomprehensible joy and wonder and happiness. And so that we can start living it now, so that we can start getting ready now. Jesus gave us this law and he wrote it on our hearts. And that doesn't mean it's an easy law. No, it's definitely not an easy law to live by. But it's a good one because it gets rid of everything that's in the way of us seeing God. It starts clearing out all that stuff between us and Him so that when we pass on to the next life, we can see God that much more clearly. We can see that beauty and we can experience that joy that much more fully. So yeah, it's hard. But great rewards await those who can try to live up to its promises. The first reading tells us that God understands man's every deed. And because he understands us so well, he knows that we have to be able to choose this. He can't just say, you will do this, and then we will do that. I know that when people tell me to do something, that's generally when I'm least likely to do it, unless they can kind of force me, and then I'm very upset about it. And God doesn't want that relationship with us, so he lets us choose. Sirach says, before man are life and death, good and evil, whichever he chooses shall be given him. But then the psalm tells us of God's hope, tells us of which one God hopes that we choose, because it says, blessed are those who follow the law of the Lord. Blessed and blessed, however you say the word, it works, because we become blessed, we become holy when we follow that law that Christ wrote in our hearts, that challenging law that we have to strive every day to live. But also we receive so many blessings, uncountable, amazing blessings, as long as we're striving to go towards the Lord. And so today, let's make that resolution in our hearts. Let's ask the Lord in prayer to help us make that final decision to say yes, to enter into the challenge that is what Jesus left for us to live, so that when we do pass on into the next life, we can experience something 
totally shocking and utterly amazing.